You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Sports Therapy Association podcast, episode 82. Happy New Year. I better start off by saying that. Does everyone remember that we had a new year recently? For anyone like me, it's the fourth now and it's like it never happened at all, is it? It's all business as usual, things are happening. And I almost feel guilty thrusting this episode upon you because I always like to tell people, have a nice gentle ease into the year. But I'm so excited and it's going to be great. Um, And we're starting off January on the topic of CrossFit. And prepare yourselves because our speakers are in the middle of a very busy gym in South London. You're going to hear the hustle bustle happening this very moment behind their live direct just to get your adrenaline rushing up. Um, As always, you are welcome to join us live, um, whether you go to the Facebook page, um, Sports Therapy Association Facebook page, um, or you can go to YouTube. And if you do join us live, then I can do things like bringing up young Becky Carroll here onto the screen. And Becky Carroll saying, Happy New Year, everyone, in her Russian hat. you can't see this if you listen to the podcast, but it's nice if you join us live because you can network, you can hang out. We've had 50 to 60 people for the last 82 weeks without fail. It's been a beautiful thing. Um, but of course, if you can't join us at eight o'clock on a Tuesday evening, then that's no problem at all. We obviously appreciate you downloading the podcast and sharing it with others. Um, if you do enjoy the podcast, do, do, do please um, leave a rating and share it. Um, the ratings in particular on Apple Podcasts just help us increase our um appearance in google results so it's really important if you do take the time just to leave a little rating on especially if you're on an iphone if you're on an iphone you've got no excuse it's just 20 seconds if you're on android you've got to go into itunes and i don't know sing the lord's prayer or something it's very difficult but on iphones it's very simple so do leave us a rain um hey becky hi to you Catherine rhyme is here as well hey happy new year stevie bars in the house right that's the most important thing i think we can start showing now um thanks for joining us live let us know if you're on youtube as always um, you don't have to come to the Facebook page. You're welcome to join us on YouTube. Right. Before we start, I've already said that this month is all about CrossFit. This is a new thing. In case you're new to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, a video cast it is recorded live. Um, and what we've started as of December is we're doing like a topic each month because I want to increase the shelf life of a particular topic. The first 80 episodes were amazing, but they darted from maybe female pelvic health over to something else and then back to male pelvic health and then it was something to do with something else and it was all a little bit amazing episodes but that kind of there wasn't this consistency which we preach to our clients all the time so i had this idea when we had this idea for an sta meeting we all got our brains together and we thought every month we do a uh, a subject so you can create a little bit more of a shelf life you can talk about it so in december it was all about fascia and we had some fantastic guests um it's all available on youtube if you like the video um or you can download the podcast as normal it was really interesting at therapy expo where i actually met face to face my guest tonight for the first time one of the questions in in the sta um, theater was um and how do we listen to this podcast and it just reminded me that not everybody knows what we know we are a little bubble i couldn't believe someone was asking me how do we get this thing called a podcast and i was like just get your phone download the app we're there everywhere all popular apps so it was a nice wake-up call and everyone's on the same page so yeah here we are this January, we are talking about CrossFit, um, something I've had, a, I think I said in a video the other day, a hate-hate relationship with since about 2010. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this because I know that it's going to challenge some of my biases. And in fact, my beliefs have changed as I followed it. And like I said in the video I did the other day, um, 
CrossFit for me represents something which is dear to our heart here on the Sports Therapy Association podcast. It's evolution. It's changed from the early days. And we're going to listen to two great guests who, like I say, had the pleasure of chairing one of their talks at Therapy Expo this year. Robert Crowley, who a lot of you will know for probably different reasons. Some of them we won't even need to talk about. But you might know him as a rock doc. Um, uh, he's a senior rock doc uh, instructor. Some of you know him from there. Some of you know him as the chiropractor. Some of you know him as the CrossFit, the powerlifter, the muscles from not from Brussels, the muscles from kind of where he's from in the in the states now, and um, the muscles from Norwich. Um, but yeah, you will um, probably have seen him around a lot. Um, um, and I had the pleasure of listening to a presentation by Rob and also Sonia, who I've never met before, Sonia Fierro, who I'm not even going to start talking about the list of things that Sonia's done in the sport she's been involved in and the title she holds. I'm going to wait. She can talk, talk to you all about that when she comes up. But together they form a really exciting start to um, January, all about CrossFit. I'm really excited to bring them on. As always, if you've got questions, then feel free to bring them up in the comments, uh, whether you're on YouTube or on Facebook. Um, I think that's it. I don't think I've got any um, housekeeping to do. Gary uh, is in the house as well. STA Gary is the founder of the Sports Therapy Association, um, in case you are new to here. Um, So Gary's the man to talk to if you've got any questions about the association. But I think that is good enough presentation-wise in terms of letting you know what we are and what we do. Yes, let's bring up the guests. In no particular order, I introduced you, Robert Crowley and Sonia Fierro. Hi, guys. Hi, hi everyone. How you doing? I was just explaining. You're actually both in. Is it your gym, Sonia, in London? Uh, yes, Pitam Fitness in London. Uh, uh, Robert is there. I'm actually not at the moment. Oh, Robert's yeah, in I, your gym. You trust him yeah, with the keys? I, yeah, I'm right. there. For some reason, my camera's not working at the moment. It was working mo- a moment ago. <laughs> Yeah, so. I think it's something Sonia's done. I think she just wants to line up at the moment. <laughs> um, what I suggest is, what I'll do, Rob, is I will cross you out and just come in again. So I'll make you leave. It's nothing personal. Okay, yeah. Remove and then come join us. So, Sonia, you've left him alone in your gym. Is that because you've worked yeah. with him a while? you trust the guy? <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Of course. Where Where is the gym? Is it South London, is it? Uh, yes, it is in Elephant and Castle. It's Two minutes from the train station in Elephant and Castle, so quite central. Fantastic. And you've had it for a while? Uh, it's been three years now. Yeah, we've just uh, celebrated our three years anniversary with CrossFit. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So whilst this is quite cool, actually, that Rob's not here, because it's going to take us about 10 minutes to get through your accomplishments and the various sports <laughs> you've worked in. I'm really <laughs> excited that you are representing, in a way, CrossFit tonight, because you have been involved in quite a nice, diverse selection of sports. Um, tell us a little bit about them without being shy. Tell us about all your accolades. What have you been <laughs> uh, Yeah, I've been working with a few different sports. Um, so I started with CrossFit. It's kind of how I actually got into therapy. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit of the history later, but um, getting involved myself for my own training. Um, at the time, there was a lot of talk about mobility and movement and uh, always been an athlete so I've been really interested in in that Um, I was getting really fed up with office uh, uh, job so I requalified as a sports therapy spirit and now osteopath Um, and yeah I started working um, within CrossFit then I actually moved my own training into weightlifting and then lately into powerlifting so these are the three main sports I've been um, working with uh, but then in my sports therapist career, I've also worked with other 
sports, so diving, uh, some swimming athletes, uh, and most recently we uh, British fencing as well. Fantastic. And pe people can't see at the moment, all they can see is kind of your head and shoulders, people are watching us uh, live, but you actually hold a little bit of a record as well, don't you? Which I love talking about. <laughs> I know you must get sick of it, but what's Just your current record? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been competing in powerlifting in the last few years. Um, I've been mainly going back from competing in Italy and I hold the deadlift record for my category. Uh, under the 88 on the platform, a little bit more in the gym <laughs> as a 57 lifter. Fantastic, great. So, um, like I say, brilliant to have you along tonight. Rob is just having a little bit of problems with his camera at the moment, so we'll talk to you at the moment and let Rob sure. introduce himself when he comes back. So, um, as I kind of mentioned in the introduction, um, my I'm a bit biased with CrossFit because basically I'm quite old and it was about probably before 2010, maybe 2007, when I started reading about some of the claims they were putting out back then. I look after runners, so there was a little bit of a kind of a duel going on, obviously polarised as always between the famous running coaches. I think um, Steve Magnus got involved against Brian McKenzie about CrossFit endurance because claims were being made. Um, at the time, I don't know how, obviously you're not as old as me, which is clear if anyone who's watching the show live, but... Have you seen a change in CrossFit or are you aware of something from when it first started to some of the bolder claims and the energy behind it compared to where it is today? Yeah, I think as uh, um, like as a brand especially um, has really evolved. Um, CrossFit, uh, when um, it started, uh, was around 2001 with Greg Glassman. Um, a lot of uh, um, the people he surrounded himself with came from military backgrounds. So a lot of the emphasis was on going hard, uh, uh, really high intensity workout, and a lot of the branding and the marketing was kind of targeting to that extreme. Um, and we've come a really, really long way from that. And they have actually, in the last couple of years, completely uh, changed that. And now they are really focusing on CrossFit health. Um, so there were a lot of videos with an older population, etc. That's always been present, like since day one. There's always been a lot of scaling and adaptations and, um, you know, really trying to um, show people that this was just a methodology of how you can train and is really effective and is, is really good for a lot, like a wide variety um, of populations. But it, it probably didn't came up uh, into their marketing as much as is today. Um, with the endurance debate, I think it's one of those things where there were a lot of sub-brands uh, of CrossFit at one point. Um, and as most brands out there, you know, they make bold claims, uh, uh, big statements, uh, um, but it's never that black and white. You can never, you know, just pick one principle or one exercise or one discipline that will solve all your problems and I think that's probably what you kind of went against a little bit because I know the claims that CrossFit Endurance at the time was making is that you just need a CrossFit to run marathons, ultramarathon, etc which of course is probably not quite right. I'm pretty sure there's athletes that could train 100% CrossFit and show up to a marathon and finish it uh, but then if you want to be 
beating your time and become a really good marathon runner or ultra marathon, you will need some different training, of course. So it's like anything else. It's like you want to compete in weightlifting. Yeah, you can learn weightlifting in CrossFit classes, but you're probably not going to be the best weightlifter you can be by just doing CrossFit. It's always, you know, those gray areas that nobody really likes to talk about in the social media world. <laughs> it's a good way. It's a very nice, um, yeah, relaxed way of talking about it. No one likes talking about the gray. It's true. And I've probably been guilty <laughs> of that as well um, in the past. Um, one thing I am interested in, though, and again, it's kind of linked in. Is it, I don't know how many, I think I read somewhere there's about 50, when in 2020, there's something like 15,000 affiliated CrossFit gyms or something. It's just massive now but i imagine there's still is the idea that every time you go into a crossfit gym you're going to get the same thing or is there a natural variance depending on the owner and what they believe in there is definitely variance so crossfit is not franchise like some other brands out there um so some of the franchises out there are really um hq directed and the programming will come from their HQ and it will be the same for uh, all the locations um, but with CrossFit is actually an affiliation scheme so every gym is an independent business so with no real connection to any other CrossFit um, even around their area. Um, there are some owners that own more than one box so one gym um, but they are mostly independent uh, and the program and the philosophy and what you find um, can definitely be really, really different. And again, like in everything, you will have really good boxes with really good programming and super knowledgeable coaches. And you will have other locations where maybe the programming is not as good um, because the coaches are more like kind of part-time coaches maybe it's not their only their, their one career uh, maybe they have not been in the game as long um, I think it's it's a bit like everything else again so in a sense then it doesn't really make much sense kind of criticizing CrossFit as one word it's like saying I can't stand the United States because it's like not everybody in the United States is this one kind of American person. There's all different, you know, obviously different states and things. So it's different. You can't tar the whole of CrossFit with one brush, can you? Yeah, I think that's one thing that um, the majority of people out there don't quite understand. They think, oh, CrossFit is that one thing and all CrossFit is good or all CrossFit is bad. That, again, you, you, can't, you can't really say. It's still going to depend, you know, gym by gym. Like everything else, again, like, let's say boxing you can't say boxing is good or it's bad for you it will depend on the gym where you go and train we're running like your coach you know may have two days experience and they just want to do that because they enjoy running or maybe somebody with you know 20 years experience that has coached multiple athletes in multiple events of every single distance um but when we talk about crossfit it's more I think talking about the philosophy and the ide ideology behind the brand, uh, which since day one has always been like extremely good, um, in my opinion. Of course, I, I'm biased, but there's actually a lot of things uh, that I didn't like in the last few years about you know what their marketing and what their brand has done. But the essential philosophy of it, I think, is great for everyone and 
for your average person that just wants to be fit um, is probably one of the best philosophies out there for training. Great. Um, I'm just going to bring up Rob to see if you can see him because my heart's just yes. bleeding. Um, let me bring him up <laughs> and see if you can see him. Maybe it's just me who can't see him. I'm staring at an empty screen. Can you see him at all? Not yeah, empty. unfortunately, just an empty screen. Oh, hold on. Oh, whoa, whoa. whoa. I'm back. Hey, here we are. <laughs> We've been having a lovely time talking about you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, we know all about you. you don't need to say anything um yep. so if you listen to the podcast um then um fortunately now we have rob in vision and sound so fantastic thanks for joining us rob sorry about that don't know what it was gremlin in the machine <laughs> um so we've been talking about sonia's obviously it was a good job we said that you kind of were away for a while because sonia's listed all her achievements which took about 10 minutes um, <laughs> with all the trophies and cups it was great um and we've just talked about how the early kind of representation of CrossFit was a bit kind of, yeah, body beautiful meathead. And it was a bit advertising as well to try and get its place. And that, that's how you advertise, isn't it? You drop these kind of tags and things. But it's definitely changed now. And uh, we just basically said how you can't tar CrossFit with one brush because even there's going to be natural variance between gyms. You've been in it for a while. When was the first time you started experimenting with CrossFit? Because you were originally from bodybuilding, right? Yeah, so I originally was, I was a competitive bodybuilder for a number of years in the 80s and 90s when I was quite young. I'm quite old now. Um, but when I was about 41 years old, so that was about 2013, I started um, I started CrossFit. Um, and I, I went to CrossFit as a, a very stiff uh, bodybuilder uh, who've had a number of knee surgeries, back injuries, you know, things of that nature. Um, and then um, I started CrossFit and it was one of the reasons We'll never, oh, know. No. we'll never know what happened to the, um, oh, if you listen to the podcast, I'm afraid, um, yeah, Robert just disappeared. Um, oh, damn. If you haven't seen any uh, pictures of Robert, I mean, I've met him in person now, thanks to Therapy Expo, and he's obviously stacked. He's like biceps, huge. But then there's a photo I saw the other day. I did a little kind of like looking on Facebook and things. And, and if you check out Robert Crowley uh, with his shirt off, then you'll understand he definitely came from a bodybuilding uh, background. You will, uh, yeah, absolutely stacked. But anyway, so um, oh well, we'll wait till you come back, Rob, and we'll see um, how that turns out. Oh, I think he might be back now. Let me just see if his camera appears. There we are. <laughs> okay, we're back. You're back. I'm back. Okay, fantastic. Bob's back with us. So, yes, you were saying you came from uh, bodybuilding. You noticed that. No, gone again. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Okay, well, we will um, wait until Robert comes back. One word that does come up, and again, this might not be on everybody's mind unless they've got a few years on them, but one of the kind of famous criticisms of CrossFit back in the day, and I'm not going to be totally negative about CrossFit, I just want to paint the dark side to show how it's involved, which we'll move on to shortly. But um, some people out there, if I said to you, Uncle Rabdo, is that something that happens in your gym, or is that like just a bit of a myth now? So I don't think it is a myth is you know a condition that can develop and can develop in a lot of different sports um, i've only ever come across two athletes one is uh, uh elite athlete um uh, regionals 
um, that experienced that. And um, I know of one person from a box, uh, um, not from our gym, um, that experienced that after doing a non-program from his gym, so an additional workout. Um, so for people that are following and they don't know what we are talking about, Maybe I'll explain quickly, but rhabdomyolysis is a condition that you can um, develop when uh, essentially intensity and volume are too high and you have too much breakdown um, of muscles. Uh, and then that builds up in your bloodstream and your kidneys can't get rid of, of that um, long enough, uh, like fast enough. Um, I think it was associated with CrossFit because it's one of the first uh, um, methodologies that use really high intensity and really high volume but I actually think that it was a really good shout of like from CrossFit of bringing that up because that's not as prevalent in normal gyms CrossFit gyms or in CrossFit in general as it is for example in ultra running or even in people that start spinning uh, after years of not doing anything and they just join a normal gym and spin and they develop that. Um, so I think it's actually been really good of CrossFit of making coaches and box owners and people aware this is something you could potentially develop. So you need to be careful about, you know, the volume that you're doing, the intensity that you're using. And if you see these signs, you need to be aware that it's something potentially dangerous you need to get checked. Whereas other sports kind of hide it away. Um, and I don't really talk about it. And unless you are professional or elite, you don't really hear about this. Um, so gladly we came away from, you know, Puki and Uncle Rabdo, et cetera, for marketing, um, because it doesn't help, you know, the general box owner for sure, um, or therapist or coach. But I think there was some good in doing something like that and you know showing that this is something that can happen and i want to inform you that this is something that can happen rather than hiding it away yeah and and again once now i'm older i've looked into a little bit more into what crossfit's actually about then i've read and noticed that crossfit actually do raise awareness of this rhabdomyolysis and they produce things in their advisory pamphlets which they give members and affiliates and stuff and they've been involved in studies um and, and and they even claim that the reason that the uncle rhabdo character which i think was this kind of like cartoon clown hooked up to a dialysis machine or something which became kind of captured by somebody who didn't like crossfit or saw them as competition and posted it everywhere even that in theory was supposed to be a reminder of watch out because this could happen to you which is i don't know whether that's true or not but it was kind of always about being aware of these things but it can happen in lots of sports i think it was just unfortunate that i think in 2005 someone in the states managed to sue a crossfit trainer or something because they managed to contract this and whether it was causation or correlation i don't know but they got a few grand out of it a few hundred grand so and that kind of just became um you know apparently now everybody does crossfit is is in danger of getting this but good okay well we're past that robert i'm, I'm intrigued now you're back i'm sorry i don't know what's happening about you getting kicked out but yeah i'm afraid to have you talk now maybe it's just the talking that makes you disappear but we'll see 
So yeah, you were going back to where you started relatively late coming from uh, weightlifting with the natural kind of reduced mobility you associate with loads of kind of heavy lifting, slow kind of pumping up your body. Yeah, so it was difficult for you as a, why did you want to do CrossFit? Why didn't you just stay doing your bodybuilding? Um, I was I was doing bodybuilding for about, I had been doing bodybuilding for about 25 years and, um, and it was just getting boring um, to me. Um, I was going to the gym and doing, you know, similar things and just wasn't getting a stimulus. Um, I went to uh, my first CrossFit uh, induction, um, and um, I actually got sick. Um, and that wasn't the reason why I really wanted to do CrossFit, but I, it made me feel different than I felt, um, you know, doing bodybuilding. That I've been doing bodybuilding, the same stimulus for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was doing bodybuilding, I was doing more slow, controlled type movements, trying to learn to move my body in a different way in a multitude of different ways, whether it's Olympic weightlifting, which I had never done before, um, gymnastics type movements. I've done, I would do strict pull-ups and things like that. Um, but I, I never did a handstand or a handstand press up or, you know, uh, box jumps and, you know, things like that. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, but at the same time, I was sort of like taking it all in and, and trying to empathize with an older person, you know, coming to CrossFit. Um, and um, I don't like to call, refer to myself as an older person, but um, I'm coming to that conclusion after I, uh, after I turned 50. Uh, but um, um, more and more people now are actually coming to CrossFit who aren't necessarily athletes and they're the average person, the average, you know, uh, um, beginning gym goer, um, and that prese- uh, presents a whole whole other set of issues. Uh, int- introducing them to exercise, but then introducing to s- them uh, to something as complex uh, as, as CrossFit. Um, Right, so I'm excited by that because while you were off, I was saying to Sonia, I don't, I'm, I'm purposely starting talking about the negative old school thing which associates with CrossFit because I do worry that a lot of people still have that image of CrossFit. So now we can move on to how CrossFit has done, has changed, and you provided that segue nicely by saying that people out of that normal military population are now getting into CrossFit. So my next question to both of you is, for soft tissue therapists out there. What would be some reasons for maybe suggesting CrossFit to some of their clients as opposed to other forms of exercise? Essentially, I suppose we're talking about strength training and mobility, but why CrossFit? What are some of the signs we think this person might benefit from CrossFit? I mean, so some, the big advantage of, of CrossFit is, is, well, it's defined as constantly uh, varied uh, functional activity performed at high intensity. Um, and the big thing is, is varied. Um, so they're not, you're not necessarily stressing the same things with each workout. You're getting a variety of different things. And it's not all going to be weight training. It's going to expose you to uh, the cardiovascular uh, training. It's going to expose you to more ballistic plyometric stuff, uh, strength training, gymnastics, etc. So it's a variety of movements. So you're not necessarily stressing the same things every time. Um, one thing I preach to my patients is to move in a variety of ways. If somebody's a runner, I'm going to, you know, recommend that maybe they, they try a little strength training or maybe they try some yoga or maybe they try Pilates. Just move in a lot of different ways with a lot of, you know, different loads, uh, different intensities, uh, different time durations and, and, and so on. Uh, I think sometimes we get into... Like I was in bodybuilding for a number of years, so I had that same stimulus all the time. 
And in order to actually progress and change, but then also keep it interesting, uh, you need a variety of things. And I think that's the biggest aspect of CrossFit is, is it's a variety of different things and it's play. Uh, and and our, our movement should be fun. As adults, we, we don't play. But when you get somebody who's, uh, you know, you know, performing a pull up or getting upside down in a handstand from like a neurological perspective, it's a new stimulus, but it's fun. Um, plus, it gives you the sense of accomplishment when, when you have like, let's say you have a 40 year old woman who's never done gymnastics in their life. And all of a sudden we're able to get them up, upside down in a handstand. Um, that's a really valuable stimulus and, 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 and it's an accomplishment for them. So that's just going to motivate them to, you know, continue to move provided that it's in the in the right intensity the right load at the right times uh, and and so on really nice sonny do you want to add to that uh, yeah i think uh, rob basically covered it all but um the really good thing about crossfit is that again going back to what i said earlier is is about the philosophy and crossfit has always uh, been based on the 10 components of fitness uh, so the idea was never to be the best uh, one single component uh, I don't want to be the strongest I can be and not being able to you know run for a flight of stairs uh, um, because I never do any cardiovascular exercise but I want to um, grab something from each component so we have strength we have you know agility power speed uh, cardiovascular and then you have all your balance coordination and flexibility etc so that that's the beauty of crossfit and that's where the benefit lies um you move your body as rob was saying in a variety of different ways um and and then also a lot of emphasis in crossfit boxes is about full range of movement so we want you to be able to score all the way down not just a quarter score that as shown to have benefits on your joints and on your movement in general so crossfit is usually considered functional training and you know this word functional sometimes i have a few issues way because it's used out of context but it's also can be really interesting way of training and it's basically trying to get people more able to move their bodies in in different ways and in different ranges and if you're somebody that is always sitting at a desk and they never raise you know you never raise your arms above your head because nothing that you do requires you to eventually you're going to lose that range of motion but if uh, we introduce you to a training methodology that now has overhead lifting, of course, as Rob was saying, we need to introduce it carefully. We need to use the right volume, intensity, and make sure that we really like take it step by step. But then we're re reintroducing the range, and now you're not going to lose the ability to do that movement, you know, 10 years on the line, 15 years on the line. And then there's again, that kind of buy-in and having fun and learning something new um, that we don't have with some other sports and some other activities. I think that's really interesting. And, and probably the success of any methodology which a client chooses, the best one for them is the one that they enjoy. 
because we're yeah. aware of that, aren't we? We're aware that that's going to help with consistency and still doing the exercise of progressing, of, of playing, because of how we develop as kids. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting. What about this idea? Because we haven't talked about it yet, because if you look into CrossFit, especially from you know the old days, the idea is you're mixing two concepts, which traditionally don't really fit together very well, lifting something heavy and doing it as fast as possible, as many times as possible in a short period of time. Now, a lot of old school would say, well, those two don't get together. I mean, if you're doing, like from your bodybuilding days, if you're doing heavy sets, then you need at least two minutes rest in between to, you know, uh, increase your reserves and get that kind of energy systems back. And then you, you've got enough strength to do the next heavy set. So where where's this idea? What's the background to... One, from a performance perspective and the benefits from it, and two, what about the dangers of trying to lift something really heavy as against the clock? Um, I think a lot of it comes back to, um, I mean, in, a lot of injuries happen just from doing uh, too much too soon uh, after doing too little for too long. Like a perfect mm-hmm. example is, is, is lockdown. Um, the, 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 the toughest thing um, is as as everybody was coming back into the gym is they they wanted to make up for those six seven months that they're three four whatever the lockdown was um, of not doing anything uh, which is you know very similar to new new year's as well um, but um, there is that so you have the 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 Olympic lifting purists or powerlifting purists um, who um, don't recommend any more than you know three repetitions. Um, but in terms of CrossFit and, and longer sets of, let's say power snatches or power cleans and things like that, um, there is some danger involved in that, especially if, if the load, the weight is too much, um, the, 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 uh, or the, the member, uh, isn't, uh, proficient enough to do do something correctly um, but barbell cycling and doing a number of repetitions there there is an art and there is a technique to, to do that in order to do it safely um, when i started crossfit if i had a workout that had a number of deadlifts i used to notice that my back hurt a little bit more but when i learned to to cycle a a barbell properly uh, and, and a deadlift and the, the biggest cue that somebody gave me was uh, think of pushing the floor away and now, like today, I just did uh, eight repetitions of uh, 130 kilos uh, deadlift today in a workout, and um, my back doesn't hurt. Um, and, and partially because I learned how to move that weight properly. Um, and I earned my way uh, working up to that weight. So it's really important just having that, uh, having the technique, then building the strength, and then you can work on, you know, the, uh, you know, working it into a workout. Um, and that's where the coach comes in and having a good coach that's going to take the time um, to teach you properly, but then give you the right cues and the right load in order to to uh, uh, perform it effectively. Okay, yeah, and we see and this word scaling. I mean, I like scaling translates nicely to what we learn about progression and regression. It's kind of a strategic part, isn't it, of, of, especially in rehab and things like that. So that's very applicable in CrossFit. And like you said, Sonia, it's always been there, hasn't it? This idea of making sure it's an appropriate load and appropriate exercise. Yes, exactly. This is something that I think wasn't, or people outside of CrossFit have never been as aware of, uh, but it's been there since day one. So the founder of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, had this quote that it was saying that an elite athlete and our grandparents' needs 
uh, don't differ. They just differ by degree, not by kind. So you still have to move your body. You still need to get stronger. You still, you know, need to have your cardiovascular endurance, etc. Uh, but of course, the workout uh, is not going to be exactly the same for somebody that's been doing CrossFit for 10 years or, you know, the classic example is the um, CrossFit Games. Everybody kind of gets exposed to CrossFit because of the CrossFit Games or videos online. But I can take a workout that has been uh, kind of made for the Games uh, and change that, so scale it down in a way that is still appropriate for somebody that shows up to my gym and they've not done any training for the past five years. Of course, they won't be doing the same weights. They may not even do the same movement uh, itself. So if I have a 70 years old that wants to start CrossFit and the workout of the day is, uh, um, let's take one of the classic workouts that is a current that is 150 wall balls, uh, for the 70 years old, the workout won't be 150 wool balls with the standard weight. It may just be you are going to sit down on a box and stand up 30 times. So I'll change the intensity, I'll change the weight, I'll change uh, um, the volume. But the output that that person will have to produce uh, at their level um, and for their needs, it's going to be the same that I will feel uh, if I do the workout as prescribed. Hope this makes sense. Uh, um, so that's where scaling comes in. And as the Rob was saying, the coach comes in. Uh, and I think people that are not in CrossFit don't often understand this. Um, if you go to a normal class and you jump into any class, uh, and you say that something hurts or that you can't do a movement, they'll either tell you not to do it and skip it or, well, just do a little bit less weight but keep going. There's no really that kind of personalization around what you're doing, um, which we're quite big on in, in CrossFit. Changing exercises, not just by lowering the weight, but by trying to... Um, basically gain the same effect for that person based on where they are at that particular moment. Very nice. I like that. I'm going to have to get you to send me that or I'll look it up. The difference between a grandmother and like an elite athlete is just the degrees. Yeah, I like that. I can relate to that. Um, how much of one of the parts of CrossFit is obviously the competing part of it and going along to competitions? Is that something which is part of the ethos which you try and get everybody to kind of get involved in? almost like doing your grading for martial arts. Is that something which all members get involved in or do they not have to? Yeah, they, they don't have to. Um, and you know, there, there's a lot that, you know, like to, like the reason why I started competing was because I used to play, you know, sports growing up. Well, I used to compete in bodybuilding, but then I used to, to play uh, soccer in America. You call it football here. Um, and, um, American football, things like that. Um, but I was missing that competitive aspect or that or something to shoot for. Um, um, so I started competing just to have that, get that competitive, as, uh, that, that competitive experience. Um, it's open for members. Um, there's different uh, competitions around the country and they're all different levels from, a, you know, a novice, intermediate to, you know, elite to people who've competed you know, in the CrossFit games. Um, so um, just like a class, 
things are scaled, you know, toward the ability. So if you're in your first competition, you're going to go into, you know, sort of a novice, you know, beginner type competition. There's team competitions. Um, and um, the biggest aspect I, I've found with competing is just uh, I've met you know, CrossFitters from, you know, all over um, all over the UK. I've, I've competed in competitions over in Europe. Um, but then, you know, uh, Sonia and I actually, we met um, uh, working at, in Copenhagen at the CrossFit Regionals uh, about uh, six or seven, seven years ago. Um, and um, it's the community around CrossFit and, and it's that, that common, it's just like a runner and you're running a marathon. you know, the person running next to you is going through exactly the same experience as you. And you, you, you've, you know, forge get community and relationships and it's a social aspect of it that I think keeps people coming back or, you know, they, they get to, to uh, meet everybody uh, in class. Um, I was just at uh, Sonia's gym, um, P10 fitness uh, today and um, I was watching the members come. They just came back after Christmas and they're all, you know, chatting away. What'd you do at Christmas? Where'd you go? You know, some, some of them went away, some stayed home, et cetera. And it was that, that bond and uh, that, the social aspect of CrossFit. I think that is, uh, is uh, sort of like one of the, is the secret sauce. And I think a lot of people, sometimes people, when they get into the competition, they start to pull themselves away from the, the, the box community and start to do their own little workouts and their own programming. And, and they end up missing, you know, m- missing that aspect of it because that's what made, made them love CrossFit was the community aspect of everything. Very nice, which again is going to help with consistency. We know that exercising with others has loads of benefits, which are more likely to keep you going because you think, oh, if I don't go tonight, so and so is going to ask me why I am and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I like it. I like the parallels with the with the with running as well. Um, although, of course, with running, I guess there's more. It's easier to overdo it with running, at least with CrossFit. To a, I suppose you can do it at home, but there's a little bit more where you've got to wait for your club to be open or CrossFit gyms kind of 24 hours and you go and do it yourself or because that's one of the problems with CrossFit isn't it it's easy because it is competitive and you there's that ability to overdo it quite easily you can do too much Um, how do you manage to control that how do you convince people that they shouldn't be necessarily in their shoes be doing it every day or I think that really depends on the culture that you create um, at your own gym or the culture in, in the gym where you go. There are definitely uh, some boxes that are a little bit more competitors focused and a lot of boxes that are really not like that. Um, we we don't really push people to compete unless they say they want to. Um, but again, it's down to the coaching and the culture that you create because if you create a culture where... Um, everyone just needs to focus on themselves and just improve from what they did in the past. Um, and for example, we have a tracking app where everybody can record their scores uh, and their weight, etc. So when we are doing workouts, they're basing the weights they're using um, on what they did in the past. And it's always uh, on themselves and trying not to you know, look at the person next to them. Uh, you will always have, you know, people that are a little bit more eagers and, you know, they, they'll be trying to do that. Um, but if the coach is, is good and, uh, you know, directs the class, uh, you can avoid that. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely not the general 
culture. A lot of boxes are coming out, uh, coming away from the leaderboard as well. So there is trying to get away from that competition between members so that you can focus on your own performance. And as, as a chiropractor in two CrossFit boxes, uh, I treat a lot of the athletes that do compete. And one of my, uh, I, I have busted a number of athletes uh, after a weekend competition. A lot of times they get, you know, they get that high from the competition and then I see them in the gym on Monday. Um, they know that I don't want to see them uh, at, in the gym for it. You know, they've done a weekend competition. I don't want to see them until at least Thursday, but I usually recommend that they take a whole week off. Um, so um, they, there are people who, who it, it, it can become an addiction, just, just like running, you know, r- running marathons or doing triathlons and things where they start to do too many uh, and then they begin to uh, break down. Um, so there is a lot of stress uh, in competing. Um, especially at like CrossFit Games, they have five days of, you know, uh, different events doing a 15 to 20 workouts. And a typical CrossFit Games athlete, they may take off a whole month after yeah, after the CrossFit Games in order just to let their bodies, you know, recover. But recovery is hugely important. And then a lot of times people get a little bit too uh, excited about it, especially in the beginning where they, you know, they're training three, four days and they think, Oh, I wonder if I'd make more progress if I train five, six, seven days a week. Um, mm-hmm. and then that's where, uh, um, you know, you, you know, they get, they overtrain. Um, I have a philosophy that the body usually always gets what it needs. And one of the ways it gets it is an injury or an illness. Um, if, if you're not stopping, your body will find a way to make you stop. Very interesting. Yeah, yes. I think a lot of boxes, if I can add that, um, are also, um, because there's a lot more education about programming nowadays for CrossFit itself, uh, a lot of boxes are also integrating kind of, let's say, forced rest days or at least lower intensity days into their own programming so that if uh, they can't get, sometimes you can't get across to everyone, you will have those you know, one, two members that no matter how many times you tell them they have to take days off and rest, they show up every day. Uh, but a lot of boxes are now starting to do um, days that is maybe just conditioning and there's no heavy weights. Um, Sundays may have program only mobility work. They may have just bodybuilding type training. So again, there's no high intensity. There is no... Um, their excessive push so you have one or two days during the week that are a little bit lower volume a little bit lower intensity so that even if somebody trains every day they get a little bit of a mini deload in the week and a lot of boxes are starting to integrate in cycles as well so that if you are building the weights over a few weeks um, and you have somebody that trains every day and constantly they will have a deload week because they will be programmed and for that week they won't push the weights as much. Um, that's part of, you know, the sport, how it's evolving, etc. and, you know, added education and, and all sorts. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely come a long way. Um, and I think hopefully people listening to this who haven't kind of done the same old thing of just kind of gone with the myths and misconceptions from years and years ago hopefully this is enlightening people as to how CrossFit has changed I want to spend the last kind of 10-15 minutes um, on 
helping giving some tips to soft therapists about i mean you guys are from a crossfit background which makes it really useful when you're a coach and a therapist it's like the ideal combination is that you you're into the mind of the client or patient in front of you um there's a question here which kind of links to that from stevie bar thanks for the question stevie stevie says are eating disorders prevalent in crossfit have you come across that at all um i have i mean any type of uh, exercise or you go into any gym and you're going to have, you know, the, the compulsive exercisers. Uh, and for the same reason where, you know, let's say exercising in the gym or running or anything becomes compulsive and they do too much of it, uh, you know, it can, you know, can become an illness. On the other end, um, I have seen people who were, uh, had past history of, um, of eating disorders and they have found CrossFit uh, as the method of, of coming back from that. Um, because one of the beauties of, let's say if you take somebody who has anorexia and they're trying to survive on very little calories, um, one of the things you can't do with CrossFit is eat very little and do CrossFit. Um, so it almost in a lot of ways, it forces, uh, forces them to, to eat, eat better or eat more. But then a lot of coaches spend time educating them on how to eat properly. But then also the correct amount, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, the correct amount of load and intensity, et cetera. Um, and the structure of CrossFit actually replaces that structure of their eating disorder in a lot of ways. Um, provided that that person, you know, of course, is monitored, you know, whether it is, you know, by, by, by their physician. Um, but um, it just, it, it, it can potentially benefit done done properly but but in any type of extreme exercise you're going to get you know the people with um you know potential eating disorders um and but, but then also other body dysmorphia issues on, on the other end of the spectrum you know the people who are you know just more concerned with you know you know you know building muscle and, and things like that which can be you know just as just as compulsive I guess yeah. when people are focusing on technique for certain exercises, as opposed to just watching their biceps kind of engorge and in yeah. a mirror, there's slight something to take your mind away from the visual. You well, that, kind of, that, that was the biggest thing when I started doing it. Is I remember I saw pictures of you know five six months. I, I did a competition, and one of the nice things about competition is you know everybody watches Facebook and Instagram for their pictures to come up after a competition, and. I wasn't concerned with, you know, the vanity aspect of it, but then I saw pictures and I'm like, wow, my six pack is back. I've seen that picture. Yeah. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> you know, things like that. I think over the, over the holidays, it's gone away a little bit, but um, it's, yeah, you, you worry about the work as opposed to the, the vanity and there's, there's mm. no mirrors in a CrossFit gym. I was going to um, ask that. Hey, so, so yeah, there, there's no mirrors. So from a kinesthetic uh, uh, principle, you know, the, the athlete or the, the member learns to, uh, you know, go by feel uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, looking in a mirror. Of course, a lot of people will like take videos of their lifts and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you still have to, even if it's in a, in a video, you still have to learn how to do, do a squat by feel or deadlift or a snatch or a clean and jerk by feel. Um, and um, I think that adds to some of the benefit uh, as well. Yeah, definitely the culture of our, around CrossFit has always been to kind of step away from the really aesthetic 
focus training and it's more about how you feel how, how are you sleeping how is uh, your overall health um which are all really good things especially if somebody as Rob was saying, is recovering from an eating disorder. Um, and for example, if we take the female population, and I, I was in that group as well, you know, I didn't want to get too big, too muscly, too bulky, uh, but a lot of the, um, the trends around CrossFit are you want to perform better and your body's strong and it's, there's beauty and strength and there's beauty and strength in all sizes because some of us are still, you know, quite slim like I am. And, you know, some people develop muscles a lot, a lot easier, um, but it doesn't matter because we are all different and we're still focusing on our own performance. Uh, and I think that's uh, really good for the average um, person that feels intimidated sometimes going to a normal gym where, you know, the, addicted the people that are addicted to training are all in front of the mirrors and looking at what they're doing looking at themselves in the mirrors they come to a crossfit gym and everybody's just you know high-fiving and asking how their holiday was and you know how they're feeling um and taking an interest in in, in them as a person and their life and not how they look so that's a really positive thing about crossfit for sure all sounds very healthy very much so i love the idea of yeah making sure that people are talking about recovery and sleep and nutrition everything's kind of put together to be able to perform you know that's that sounds like a really healthy environment so as therapists then i mean in future episodes um, unfortunately we're running out of time tonight so we haven't had time to talk about specific injuries and that but i'm interested in finishing off on just a subjective part of when somebody comes in and they've got um, an injury and you know they do CrossFit, what are some of the questions which you already kind of in your mind thinking, I need to make sure that I ask this question because this is probably how they've injured themselves. What do you have when you get a CrossFit athlete who's injured? The, the biggest question I'll ask as far as, you know, what their training looks like, how many days a week they're training, how long they're training, whether or not they're on like an online program, uh, versus the, if, if it's, in, if there's, they're a member in my, uh, in a CrossFit box where I practice, I generally have known them and I, I know what they do, but I'm going to ask them specifically as far as, you know, what they're doing. Uh, I've already have an idea generally of how they're moving and, and, and things like that. Um, so the big thing's going to be the load, the, the, the training load. Um, mm-hmm. Um, a, a few year, couple of years back, I even had a patient with rhabdo that I, uh, that I had to send an E in my office. And the biggest thing is I knew what his load was. I knew how he moved, but then I put that together with the subjective and what he told me. And I thought it was a, a situation where he had to go to A&E and mm-hmm. get some blood work done. And he ended up having rhabdo. So, so the load's going to be the biggest thing uh, that, that I'm going to look at. And for therapists who, I mean, you're both involved in it, so you could look at someone's load and work out whether that's sensible or not, and you can take their case history. But if you're not involved in it yourself, is it something where maybe you should be working with CrossFit coaches and maybe forming a relationship to show them what I've got this client doing this? Does it look a bit too much to you or something, or what would you recommend? Yeah, I definitely recommend having, uh, if you're interested in, in treating CrossFit athletes, is to have a, a, a relationship with the coaches. Um, so if you're going to be, obviously you're going to be in a CrossFit box and let's say you're practicing a CrossFit box, you're going to have that. Um, but 
you still have to have that those those open lines of communication. Uh, educate the coaches as well about about you know various issues. Um, but then, if somebody is injured, to uh, to talk to them about scaling, talk to them about uh, you know adjusting the load or adjusting. Uh, you know, duration and, you know, and the, the different factors. But the big thing is, is having a relationship uh, with, with a coach. But if you are interested as a therapist of, you know, you know, working with CrossFit athletes, first thing I would say is just join a box uh, or, and, and do CrossFit. Um, not only to learn about it, but you are going to, you, you are going to meet, you know, a lot of people who at some point may ask, you know, for, for, for your help. Um, so, um, and CrossFit is, is, is just as a little community and they always refer to their mates and, and everything. So it's, it's great for practice building. Good thinking. And Sonia, what sort of things are you looking for? Someone's come to you injured and you know, they do CrossFit. So what are you looking out for? Yeah. So volume is always, uh, um, I think the, the first thing, uh, trying to understand the how much they're doing also outside the gym because a lot of people will then um, have additional training sessions outside the scheduled classes so it's really important to understand that um, if they do anything else so for example some people combine that we're running and if we have a lower limb injury and they're doing classes and strength training plus they're going running um, of course, uh, the, that volume suddenly becomes a lot more. Um, and then I think is trying to understand whether there are specific exercises um, that seem to be causing the issue. And a question I often ask is trying to understand why they think um, they have developed that pain, because a lot of people will have heard something or will have seen something online and they think that there is a specific reason why, why they are hurting and they may be almost try to scale or rehab themselves even before they come to you. And um, it's really important to understand if that process is going on um, because then we know that it's not just what the body is going through, there is another layer that needs to be addressed and that's quite often happening with like for example lower back pain or even some shoulder pain um, and really trying to understand if there's other limitations that that person is setting for themselves almost um, which is not necessarily coming from their training um, but from yeah other beliefs that they may have about the training or about the exercises and try to um, to kind of educate them um, and take them back to training. Excellent. Yeah, so find out what their beliefs are. And again, there's parallels there with running because once you get a community, there's going to be loads of chat and chit chat and recommendations from fellow athletes who they can presume because yeah. they do that, it's going to work for me. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Um, and of course, you two are. Well, you already provide courses that recover strong, but you're putting something else together as well, are you, which could benefit soft tissue therapists? Yeah, right now we're putting together um, a course uh, for you know, just treating CrossFit athletes. Um, so we're still trying to scale it so we can get it into uh, a day or a weekend because there's so much to cover. Um, so, And we're trying to get it together because uh, Sonia has a... Has a uh, something big going on in our life the next few months. So uh, 
Bombshell, it's a secret, is it? It hasn't been, this is a skinny exclusive for the Sports Day Association podcast. <laughs> uh, it's not always a secret, it's not a secret, Sonia. Uh, no, it's but, not a secret. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so she's, so, so Sonia has, uh, has a baby coming, so. Oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, and she's, and, and she's still, she's still lifting. She could probably, yeah. she could probably still deadlift more than me. <laughs> oh, I've seen it before. We don't, I remember I was quite young, exercise, Les Mills kind of exercise studio, and I remember seeing somebody in a step class, waters breaking as she's delivering the class. And she had to leave that day because she was about to have a baby. Still doing the up, down, up, down. It was incredible. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations, Sonia. I'm very, very pleased. Is Thank that your you. first? To be your first, is that? Uh, yes, yeah. Exciting. Do you know if a boy or girl? No. Not yet. Oh, fantastic. How exciting. <laughs> All right. So that might get in the way of a few little plans, maybe potentially. But this is your kind of collaboration, yeah. is it, to provide a course? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have been working on the, the Recover Stronger uh, brand and we are trying to develop uh, uh, these courses uh, really um, to kind of show therapists out there um, how CrossFit can actually help. Um, their patients uh, with recovery, with, uh, like what Rob was saying earlier about the fact that it's really community-based, uh, so there's going to be a lot more motivation to keep training and we can actually use that for rehab and then uh, to you know educate therapists on what the common injuries are, what the common exercises are and how we can um, scale them, change them, and use variations so that people can keep training. Um, because we know that just resting most injuries is not actually beneficial, so that they can help uh, their patients that want to do CrossFit, uh, want to be involved, be involved in CrossFit, recover faster and stronger. Fantastic. And if people want to stay in touch and find out about the development of these courses, then what's the best way of staying in touch with you guys? Well, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Jacked Cairo. Um, J-A-C-K-E-D Cairo. Um, and we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, and then Sonia sucks. Uh, yeah, mine is uh, Sonia.RecoverStronger. And there's a link in my bio as well where you can sign up for a waiting list uh, um, to know more about the courses and when they're be launched fantastic and obviously those details will go into the show notes for this which you'll be able to see um on hopefully on your podcast app or if not you can go to the sta.co.uk the sta.co.uk website and all the show notes are on there as well um fantastic and and Based on your experience and the fact you're coaches and therapists, which is such a healthy relationship, um, it'll be exciting to hear about these courses when they start and we'll make sure that they are listed in the uh, on the STA as well. How exciting. Look, I feel a little bit guilty that we haven't even talked about different types of it. There's so much we could have talked about, but this was the introductory part. You've done a grand job um, of introducing CrossFit. I think we've accomplished what we wanted to in the sense of going from what it used to be and and then saying what it is now and defeating a few myths and misconceptions and things. It's quite exciting, I think. Um, it's an area where I feel that, um, yeah, a lot of therapists could help their clients by suggesting to the right clients might be something to get involved in um, for all the reasons you've stated. But I love the idea of the play and the, it's healthy, isn't it, to have a little bit of competition because um, that's how kids, kids compete. 
sure they cry afterwards and they sulk for a few minutes but i mean competing is part of progression isn't it getting stronger and learning it's a healthy thing which as adults sometimes we kind of shy away from you mustn't compete you know it's not a competition well it is life is a bit of a competition so yeah really good guys i thank you very very much um normally i'd say now you know what i've got any plans but sonny it sounds like you've got your plans i'm so excited now this might not be interesting the podcast but i've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old so i mean it's like i'm i'm a broody um i love the idea of another one but when's it due how long are we talking you didn't show at all at therapy expo it must be like eight months away <laughs> no it's beginning of april seriously oh my god yeah 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 well you covered that up well still training uh, so yeah i'm not showing as much as uh, most people for almost seven wow. months yeah gosh i'm so happy for you that's so lovely great <laughs> rob you can't beat that in terms of excitement but what you got any yeah. interesting plans coming up yeah i mean the biggest thing i have going on is um in the last year uh, since february i've been a lecturer at london south bank university um and we have an integrated master's program where we teach our chiropractic students along our with sports rehab and physiotherapy um so it's a it's a pretty a brand new program um we'll be graduating our first class at the end of this year or this summer um yeah so that's that's where i, I spend a lot of my time um and they have exams last week and next week so they're they're a little bit my students are a little nervous right now very nice exciting and it's always nice to hear again chiropractors we could do a whole episode on chiropractors because you come from a trade which has got myths and misconceptions old school chiropractors they still think you're kind of following the procedures which were laid out in 1830 or something you guys have moved on who would have thought since yeah, 1830 yeah, yeah. so it's it's lovely being able to recommend a chiropractor who's moved with the times and defeats that kind of myth that kind of that stereotype which a lot of people have in chiropractors so thanks for that as well Right, guys, um, you two don't go away. I'm going to say goodbye to the people who are joining us live and people listening to the podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday um, for part two of this CrossFit, CrossFit Month on the Sports Therapy Association podcast. I'm not sure who the guests are. I've got a few lined up. We're just sorting out times and dates and things. But we will be back here for part two of CrossFit um, here on the STA podcast next Tuesday at eight o'clock. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, because I managed to get it out, hopefully I'll get it out in a couple of days, and you fancy coming joining us live, um, then, like I say, uh, Sports Therapy Association Facebook page or YouTube channel, or you don't have to join up with any group. There's no money or anything. You simply just come and join in, um, and you can network with people here and get to ask the questions face to face to our wonderful guests. So, Sonia Fiera, thank you very much. Robert Crowley, thank you thank so you. much. Um, like I say, stick around. I'll say thank you to you personally. But for now, from the Sports Therapy Association podcast, and um, that's it. We'll see you next Tuesday. And thanks, as always, to everyone for joining us live. Take care. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about it.